Welcome to the On-Premise IT Podcast, the only show that dares to be both on topic or on-premise, and yes, today, on location or on-premises. I'm your host, Stephen Foskett, publisher of Gestalt IT and organizer of Tech Field Day, and we are here in California at Tech Field Day 27 and decided to pull together a group of delegates to discuss a topic that's, well, been on our minds. And that topic is the absolute total freaking nightmare that is IP address management, DNS, and DHCP. But before we begin, let's meet who's on the panel today. Hi, I'm Aaron Conaway. I'm a network engineer out of Atlanta, and I'm on Mastodon at, at a Conaway at Masto.ai. Hi, my name is Jeffrey Powers. I run a website, Geekazine, over at Geekazine.com, and I am a tech influencer. I'm Michael Davis, jack of all trades. I'm on Mastodon at Carpe and Ferry at knock.social. And as I said, I'm Stephen Foskett. You can find me on the Twitters at sfoskett, on the Mastodon at sfoskett at techfieldday.net. So uh, whether you are managing a home network, a small office, a lab, a global corporation, or anything in between, you are with me when you say, and I say, that IP address management, DNS, and DHCP are a freaking disaster. There are DHCP servers on every router. There are private addresses and public addresses. There's the whole, oh, what about IPv6? Let's put that one on, bookmark on that one. There's, you know, the whole question of... Um, uh, overlapping ranges and reserved ranges and reserved addresses and all this kind of stuff. And it just is terrible. Um, who wants to agree with me or disagree with me on that? Oh, I'll agree. Okay. It's horrible. Especially if you're a large enterprise and it's gone through a bunch of acquisitions. Now you have, you know, say five acquisitions, you have five different ways that they manage IP addresses. And by that, I mean even writing down which subnets you have, not to mention which hosts are assigned to that subnet. Uh, the DCP scopes in there, those are all just everywhere. And it's a constant struggle. And let's not even talk about IP conflicts. That's another topic to discuss. But you know, it is absolutely horrid. And uh, like, something needs to be done, but I don't know what that is. <laughs> one of the problems is that one of the better tools for managing your DDI space is on the very expensive side, and even if you can afford it today, they're changing their licensing model and it's going to get even more expensive going forward. The biggest problem I feel is that everybody does things every different way. You know, I remember, remember the day where we'd have this, this uh, if, the, if the company had this uh, printer plotter, you'd, you'd sit there and you would map out your network and then you'd have it printed and you'd have it up on your wall with all these IP addresses and all these lines going in there. It's like Sisyphus trying to pull a rock up the hill. It's just going to be horrible. And, and then somebody else comes in there and it's like, no, I don't like doing it that way. We're going to have this spreadsheet that we're going to use from Microsoft. But then everybody's going, well, you know, we don't have Microsoft in our in our systems. We use this program, so now we've got to use it in this program. But then this program gets defunct, and then you got to move it over to this program. So you just got this mess of ways that people do things because there's not a standard on that. And where do you go from there? Because the next person's going to come in, they're going to have that rock that they're going to put up their hill up the hill as, as much as everybody else's. Yeah. So should we go back to IPs written on paper clips that are hanging off of a bulletin board? 
You need an IP, you grab one and put it in statically. Isn't that what DHCP servers are, <laughs> metaphorically? Yeah. You're supposed to do. But there's always that management of that too, right? You have the manager of the subnets and the manager of the scopes as two different, usually two different groups, right? So it's two different groups doing it two different ways. And do they even talk to each other? Do they even know each other yeah. exists? <laughs> well, you've got the problem of, okay, here's the official corporate DHCP server. What's the stop? Someone's bringing in their home links, this D-Link, whatever, and plugging into the network. And now you've got rogue DHCP stepping over everything. Oh, yeah. Doing IP sniffing was always a fun yeah. job. And, and, and then there's the whole question of, like, reserved addresses and so on. Like, mm -hmm. okay, so, um, yeah, so we use DHCP here, but um, I want to make sure that this machine is always reachable or, you know, I always know which IP it is, it's going to be. So I'm going to reserve this one. Oh, and then I'll reserve this other one. And then I'll reserve this other one. And then pretty soon you're just in a nightmare. And I think that this is the problem. I mean, Sisyphus is the uh, patron saint of IT, right? Yeah. Um, that's what we're all doing. Um, it's it's like so far, and, I, and, I, and seriously, for 30 years, for 40 years, we haven't been able to figure out how a, a solution that, that kind of works. And I know that some people are probably listening to this and screaming at their computer and saying, but this works, but that works. But my question to you is, does it? Because... You know, basically any solution to the problem of IP address management is going to come back to absolute, you know, no exceptions, adherence to standards and process and, and making sure that everything is always done correctly every single time. And seriously, ask yourself, are you really going to be able to do that over the long term? Is the next person, is the junior person, is the, as you said, the company that buys you? No. I mean... And it, and it kind of makes me want to throw up my hands and just say, forget it. I'm not going to manage IPs. Everybody gets DHCP, and I don't care. Well, it's also like, what was it, 10 years ago, we said, we're running out of IPv4 addresses. We need to switch to IPv6. We need to switch. No, we really need to switch to IPv. We really, 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 we got to do this now. That's what it always felt like. And here we are with IPv6. And what do the majority of companies really use in their networks? IPv4, because it's a closed environment. We're never going to hit limits there. It's never going to happen there. But we don't have any way to understand, because we can remember a 10.2.13.64 for that printer and 65 for that printer, but we, don't, we can't do an IPL3216. You can't remember IPv6? 8675309. No, absolutely not. So... There's got to be something. Uh, is is it the is it the fact that we don't have a good plan, or is it the fact that we don't have a good system that is secure enough that we can have some sort of memory to know that that printer is that and that that computer is that? Well, one of the struggles is much like DNS, DHCP hasn't changed a lot since the late '90s, and we had boot P, and then that kind of became DHCP, and it's been the same ever since. You have different vendors throw different UIs on top of managing Bind and other platforms, but the underlying mess is still the same thing, and humans are the ultimate problem. So I'll go on that. Humans are the ultimate problem. Um, you can buy any tool that you want, but if your managers and your whole team doesn't do it and write down how you're going to do it and standardize how you're going to do it and do it, and then not let anyone else do it, right? Then it's just going to quickly degrade into a spreadsheet again. So is this so an area where AI and ML should move into? 
Yes, we, I, I embrace our robot IP address overlord. I'm going to chat GPT all my IP addresses. The now. idea of using machine learning to manage IPv4 addresses just makes me want to bang my head against the wall. But, it, it also makes me want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so so that's the, so so we talked about IP address management, and yeah, it's 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 terrible. Then there's DNS, and so DNS is another one of those things where. Um, you know, it was maybe designed for a specific use case, but now it's used in so many places. And, um, and, and it's not just DNS either. I mean, you've got rendezvous, um, you know, you've got local addresses, you've got all sorts of different name resolvers that are out there for, um, you know, internal versus external, um, you know, host files, all this kind of stuff that, that, that people monkey with. And if everybody just sort of took their hands off the keyboard and let the thing do the thing, it would probably be okay, but nobody in IT is capable of letting the thing do the thing because this is the problem. So so basically you, you bring a device on the network, whether it's a server or a personal portable device or an IoT sensor or whatever it is, and it gets an IP address. Theoretically, it might register with a DNS server and then somebody might be able to reach it, but does it really work? Does that really work like that? Or are things just completely unreachable? DNS, if you're just focused on serving your clients, is relatively easy. But once you step past serving the laptops of your HR department and you're wanting to start doing stuff publicly, then you step out into the whole world of, okay, how do I get root name servers up? How do I make it where they're resilient? Do I go with Akamai, Azure, AWS, whoever for being globally resilient? How do I make sure everything stays synced? Yep. And I'm going to throw one more out there, one more thought, and that is, you know, computers nowadays aren't, don't have their MAC addresses embedded inside unless they're using Wi-Fi. So you throw them on a dock and that dock has, a, has an Ethernet connection, that the Ethernet's going to have a, a MAC address. Let's say they go out to Best Buy, buy a different uh, dock, all of a sudden a new MAC address just shows up right there. And if you're doing it remotely, that's almost impossible to manage. Well, can I throw another uh, curveball in there, which is private ma privacy MAC mm -hmm. addresses yeah. on Wi-Fi? Uh, most uh, Android, iPhone, uh, even Macs now Windows. Will rotate MAC addresses. Yep. Mm -hmm. And some it's disabled by default. Windows 11, it's disabled, but you have to enable it. Yeah. But a lot of them are starting to move towards it being on by default. Yeah, yeah Apple turned it on by default, and it basically now you're flooding your DHCP server with new clients every X amount of time. And if they're working from home, next thing you know, your Roku all, all of a sudden shows up on your network. Well, and actually, Roku is another funny one. Uh, I was just reading an article the other day. Apparently, the Roku devices uh, have uh, absolutely refused to adopt IPv6. And so Roku accounts for a massive amount of IPv4 traffic on the public internet that you can't port into IPv6. And so you've got to maintain all these, uh, all these, all this address space for it. But, you know, kind of getting back to the whole question. So, I mean, it, it is, it's a, it's a, it's a hairball between assigning addresses, assigning names and resolving names. And, and, and I don't see how we break that. Yeah. Like we were just talking about humans need the numbers and the letters, right? Well, the letters, right? Not the numbers. No, uh, I, every day, everything that I do all day long at the office is based on IP address just because I'm a network guy and that's what we do, right? We, I think we just naturally don't want to use DNS. But, uh, but, you know, we're not the HR department, right? We're not. And, and actually, we've been going through some things at, at the office recently where people are using the wrong domain names 
because of these acquisitions over time, right? So they use this one traditional one that they used when they originally started using this app, and then they got bought, and we got bought again, mm -hmm. we got bought again. So you should be using this domain name, not this domain name. And then suddenly all the certificates are dead because, you know, we didn't get a certificate for this one. <laughs> or or, or nobody inserts and reads. Oh, no, no, it's not. Or nobody, nobody watches it and then all of a sudden it lapses. Yeah. Yeah, because that's, and that's so true. And, and even, even in the public, I mean, think about hospitals, healthcare, insurance companies, credit card companies. I mean, it's very, very common to have. Uh, random old weird domain names that redirect, you know, mm -hmm. oh, you know, this isn't chasecard.com. It's now chase.com. And anyway, it's, it's, how are people supposed to keep up with this? Or web three. Yeah. Don't even get there. Yeah. I, I just did. Oh, I just did. <laughs> so going back to the Sisyphus, it's not a boulder that he's pulling up the hill. It's just a ball of IP addresses, <laughs> DNS routes, websites, and everything. I could be during that one. So what are we going to do about this? I mean, it, it occurs to me that there's basically only two ways to deal with problems like this. Either the fascist way, which is, no, I'm managing it. It's all mine. I'm going to decide. I set the standards. If you don't adhere to the standards, I kick you off my network. You know, I manually make sure that everything is tweaked and tuned perfectly, which I think is the traditional sysadmin way of dealing with stuff mm -hmm. and doesn't work. And then there's the other throw up my hands, automate it, let something else handle it, and just hope for the best. Well, there is a, a, a return on your investment time, right? Like um, how much time do you invest in managing all this stuff? And how much, what are you actually avoiding by managing it, right? How many IP conflicts have you seen in your, say, career? Five? Five? What is that? I'll deal with those five IP conflicts. That's a lot less time spent than actually managing all this stuff. That also depends on where you're working. Valid, if you're working, valid. if you're working in, you know, uh, a regular office, you know, you do have to worry about this stuff. But if you're working in a government uh, office, if you're working in a financial sector, uh, I, I worked at the Department of Corrections. You cannot have rogue anything. Mm -hmm. at, uh, at a place like that, because somebody will find a way in and somebody will utilize it. Yep. It also depends on the impact of the IP conflict. Does it knock a printer offline on someone's desk? That's irrelevant, okay? Not a big deal. Does it knock off your global pre web presence and you're now losing millions of dollars every minute until it comes back online? That's a bit of a bigger deal. Maybe so. uh, maybe you're onto something there. Maybe you only manage the stuff you really care about, and then let the other stuff like user networks. Who cares? Yeah. They're all going to be DCP anyway. Just put the whole thing in DCP scope and move on. Well, if you're being smart, anyways, you're going to have your servers, your critical infrastructure in in isolated network segments. Then you stick the dirty users over on the side and let them do whatever. <laughs> and like, okay, you can break your stuff over here. I'm not going to let you affect the stuff that actually brings in money. Yeah. But I, I am going to say, too, I'm sure that somebody's listening to this and saying, you people are idiots. Mm -hmm. IPv6 solves this problem. Just just give everybody giant amounts of IPv6 addresses and be done with it. Is that true? Well, no, because you statically assign dot one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, there's always going to be still the user part yeah. in there. There's always going to be somebody that finds a way to break with the uh, the foolproof plan that you have. Well, there you run into issues where firmware bug on your switches and DHCP six suddenly stops working and everyone gets link local. 
And now they're complaining, I'm getting an IP, it's whatever, but I can't get out to the internet. Or major power outage. That's my favorite one. You always have that major power outage and everything starts coming back up and things just kind of in the wrong reassign order. in the wrong order. And next yeah. thing you know, you're, you're trying to find out who has 54 because this machine's supposed to have 54. Yeah, I, I just don't know what the answer is. But like, like I said, I feel I feel in my heart like the ultimate answer is going to have to be something that automatically manages this stuff because I just don't feel like we can continue to manually monkey with it. And even and that I would say extends even to the point of manually assigning ranges and scopes. In other words, um, you know, it, 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 is it okay to say that anything I don't know below one hundred is manually assigned and every everything above that is is part of the DHCP range on a small network. I don't know. I don't know if that's okay. That's largely how Plus I work has been operating, and we have a set reservation for anything that needs to be static. Then we have the scope above that. It's largely worked. It's You have to still adhere by maintaining every time you set up a new network, implementing that, which is easier with some tools because they allow you to create a template, and all you do when you spin up a new network is click through the template, give it the overall scope you're wanting to use, and it portions out how much is going to be static versus in the pool. But again, you've got to be able to afford those tools. And mm -hmm. if you're not a large shop, you can't afford the nice tool. So you're using PHP IPAM, you're using a spreadsheet. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, and spreadsheet is fine, you know, for if you're small enough or you can manage it properly, but... Uh, again, I'll go back to you got to if even if you have the tools, you got to actually use the tools th mm -hmm. in a standard way. Like you and obviously have a standard way. written down, yeah, consistent way. Yeah, you obviously have a standard document somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere doing, no, no, it's in your head, but it's there. <laughs> right? It says this is the way we're going to do it, and then you can actually do. But like I don't have that yeah. because we have so many acquisitions, and it's all done mm -hmm. so differently that we can't have one standard applied everywhere. And you have you have multiple people's input like i remember i remember we used to uh, we had a spreadsheet and then all of a sudden uh, a company called spiceworks showed up and they had a way to uh to manage ip addresses and manage dns and all that other stuff and there was a free tier and there was a paid tier and it was a great it's, it's still a great system it's just uh it's just that not everybody was on board with using a tool, and there's there's always going to be a company. I mean, we could sit here and go, "Hey, we got this great idea. Let's let's make a startup. Let's uh, let's just mm -hmm. deal with DNS management. Let's deal with IP management, and we could try to sell this to all the companies in the world. And maybe we only get one percent of the share, and maybe that'll work for five years, and then they move on to another system. Yeah, and and one of the problems too that came up in our def so we can talk about products. I mean, it's totally okay. You mentioned SpiceWorks. I know SolarWinds has a IP address management, and we heard from Men and Mice at Tech Field Day. Uh, one of the things that comes to mind when you have these products, though, is the question of basically how do I start using it and how do I stop using it, and how does it keep things consistent in between? So basically, if it's any kind of an overlay solution or any kind of a database of of IP addresses or or DNS names or whatever, uh, there's always that question of is this basically what about the underlying native stuff is this just putting that on hold and when i stop using this or this crashes or i can't reach this or whatever everything just doesn't work anymore or is it actually maintaining some kind of consistency is that even practical 
And, and what do you guys think about this? I mean, garbage in, garbage out, right? Mm -hmm. You start with garbage, you can put whatever tool you want to on top of it, it's still gonna be garbage. You, you have to manage and maintain, and you have to clean it up, and it has to be the way you want it, and then you can put a tool on it. You have to be consistent, or else you're just gonna keep pushing the rock up the hill. Well, as we started out on the yesterday morning, technical debt, you import everything, great, you've got it all into a tool, mm -hmm. but it's still a mess. It's just a different you've got, spreadsheet. With yeah, <laughs> you've got to make the time to go back through and decide, okay, I'm not going to do this other task that is pressing and needs to be done. I'm going to focus and clean up the mess that is my DNS DHCP database. That's hard to, to choose to do when you've got this other pressing issue over here that is impacting bringing a new product to market, fixing an issue that is taking down systems. Yeah, it's you're correct. Just remember, in the zombie apocalypse, this doesn't matter. Yep. Yep. So I'll throw, I'm going to finish up here with a, with a couple of curveballs. So number one, one of the things that always kills me about the, any discussion of IP address management is how it's based on human uh, thought, not on rationality. And so, for example, the whole convention of we start our IP address range at 100 <laughs> or maybe 200 or whatever, um, is absolutely nuts. It should start at 128 because of, you know, CIDR uh, net masks. Um, I at least hello, start at 101, right? right? So let's not get into CIDR. I mean, Come that's on, just right. stupid. <laughs> yeah. um, same thing, uh, somebody posted on Mastodon the other day a, a quiz, and it really got me thinking. It was, um, what's the router address on an IPv4 range? Is it .1 or .254? And at first, I'm like, well, duh, it's .1. Well, it turns out, like, there was this huge long thread on this. There's no standard for that. Hey, that, that was me, by the way. Was it you? Yeah. Oh, you're so sorry. <laughs> so what was the... We got an expert no, here, Well, yeah. that was me. Well, so my rationale there was we were actually moving subnets from data center to cloud. Yeah. And those cloud services use one, two, three, four, five reserved. Mm -hmm. And what we were seeing is some of the... We use 254 in some subnets as the gateway. And that one, two, three, four, five was used by, I don't know, the database servers. <laughs> so they couldn't be moved. So that was my rationale. But it was it was probably 50-50. It's like, no, 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 use 254. No, use .1. It's like, what if you want to expand the subnet? Well, see, my argument of that is, well, you didn't do it right in the first the first time, so. <laughs> but, but I mean, there are technical arguments that you could have either way, yeah, right? Yeah, I can totally see a rationale for using 254 because of broadcast addresses and sure. things like that. It, but we use one because one is just a good number that it's we nice feel and, and, and I don't like to use one because it's like, here's the front door, deal with, yeah. go with, go there. But if you don't even know where the front door is to begin with, it's going to be a lot harder to try and break into your network. Well, and it really doesn't matter as long as you're consistent across each network that the gateway is always going to be dot one twenty nine. Yeah, sure. Is it, it anything? Yeah, I mean, all you you have to do is be consistent. Yeah. Well, and that that also reminds me of another thing that I see a lot of times, which is a lot of people will use private IP address ranges, and a lot of people use dot one instead of dot zero. Mm -hmm. But some people use dot zero, so one ninety two dot one sixty eight dot zero dot whatever mm -hmm. instead of dot one dot whatever. I see a lot of people. Making and it's exactly the same argument. Uh, here, spoiler alert: There's no freaking reason to pick one or the other. There's absolutely it doesn't make any sense at all. But some people are dot zero fascists and some people are dot one fascists. It's like underscore or dash in your coding. 
You're really? Tabs versus spaces. Tabs versus spaces. My yeah. home network's 233 just because. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Honestly, I will just say, uh, as a, a, I don't know, old gray-haired network guy rule of thumb, I would use anything but .0 or .1 just in case you ever have to merge it with another network. There's a better chance that it won't collide. Uh, that's an amen for me. Yeah. Not that I haven't had five different collisions on the zeros and ones <laughs> subnets. Yeah. <laughs> Or be an agent of chaos and segment your network. Use 10 dot for one segment, 192, then put all your IoT on 172. Oh. Or you could be an agent of chaos and use a slash 23s on 10s just for the heck of it. Um, just to make people crazy. Slash 31s for every device. Exactly. Or you could convert it all to Klingon. Yep. So if you don't know what we're talking about here, um, sorry. If you do know what you're talking, what we're talking about here, you're probably laughing along. So let's kind of let's kind of back up here. I think that one of the problems too is that all those things that we're talking about were basically simple technical solutions that have now become the church of IPAM. You know what I mean? It's like it's like you know IP address management was supposed to be simple. Um, you know, DNS. You, you couldn't even get through that lab. I couldn't Come even on. get through it. It was supposed to be simple. It was supposed to be like workmanlike. It was supposed to be sort of like, oh, hey, yeah, this thing does the thing, and and it. But now it's become like all this baggage. And um, you know, DNS. DNS was supposed to be a uh, an internet protocol, not a local network protocol. You were supposed to use different name services locally. But all those things kind of flubbed up. Thank you, son. And um, and now we're stuck with, you know, kind of internal DNS, too. It's it's tough. It is. Um, a lot of it goes back to you didn't do it right. You, you, you blame Sun there, but I blame Microsoft just because. Uh, well, it's always easy wow. to blame Microsoft. Well, yeah. Well, because the you know, new domain next X next finish and suddenly it's your DNS server does everything. Right. And that that makes it the central uh, point of chaos <laughs> for your mess. So. We should have stuck with token ring. Yep. Ultimately, humans are the cause of the problem because humans are horrible about doing things consistently. Yes, I DNS do. and DHCP, if you don't do implement them consistently, very quickly become a impossible to manage mess. Yep. Yep. So, I guess final words: um, What can we do about this? Uh, how do we deal with this? What's the situation? Uh, we'll go reverse order here, Mike. What do you think? What's the final? Zombie AI overlords. Zombie AI overlords. Yep. Wow. We've tried to blow up the boulder. We've tried to make the boulder smaller. We've tried to blow up the hill. We've tried to, and we still have a Sisyphus that's uh, trying to pull all these numbers together and put it up the hill. So I don't think there's going to be a way. I think we're going to have somebody that's going to come out and say that we've got the, we've got the aha moment. This is it. And there's going to be a whole bunch of people that say, we don't like that aha moment. We're just going to stick here. And then we're just right back in the same boulder up the hill situation. Yeah, um, you're right. So my solution is don't worry about it. Write a Python script that goes and sees what subnets and ARP tables you got and writes it down when the auditors show up and says, you know, ask what your uh, network looks like and show them that. Don't worry about it. Get That's it to a minimal thing. viable product where stuff's working <laughs> and focus on the things that are bigger issues that you actually can solve. Yeah, like my mid-journey. I say we take off, nuke the site from orbit. It's the <laughs> only way to be sure. sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's. I guess that's what we've got. Uh, we're kind of at an impasse here. There are tools. There are approaches. Uh, but I think we can all agree that IP address management, DNS, and DHCP remains a big problem. Well, thank you guys for joining us here at Tech Field Day. And as part of this uh, 
episode of the On-Premise IT Podcast. Uh, glad to have you. Uh, before we go, I'll go through one more thing. Uh, where can people connect with you and continue this conversation? Let's go reverse order. I'm Mastodon at Carpe and Ferry at Knock.Social. Geekazine. Think Magazine put in a geek, you got me? Wherever. Uh, at A. Conaway at Masto.ai, and I got a blog sometimes at aconaway.com. And as for me, like I said, you'll find me at S. Foskett on most of the socials, including uh, S. Foskett at techfieldday.net is our Mastodon. And, uh, of course, you'll find more episodes of this podcast uh, at gestaltit.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening to the On-Premise IT podcast. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by Gestalt IT, your home for IT coverage from across the enterprise. You can find it on your favorite podcast subscription service. Give us a rating, give us a review, give us a subscription, please. You'll also find us on YouTube slash Gestalt IT video. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.